Hi everybody, it is Rebecca here, founder of Soul. I am beyond excited. I cannot wait to get this live on the road. Today, I am gonna be joined by the incredible Tim Silverwood, a man who does not really need an introduction, but if you don't know who I'm talking about, then I'm even more excited for you guys to join into this conversation. Tim is the co-founder of both Take Three for the Sea and Ocean Impact. And he's gonna be joining me live any moment now. I'm gonna get him in. I know he's already here. Um, to talk all things sustainability and basically the insane journey that he's been on in the last, you know, almost decade or whatever it is. And I'm just so, so excited to have this chat because I know, I know Tim, I know how he talks, I know you're gonna get inspired. And it's just gonna empower you guys to start making better, more conscious, sustainable decisions. So let's get Tim on. I am super excited. He should pop on any second. And guys, don't be shy to ask questions while we chat as well. Hello. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. Hey, love the hat. Let's start with that. <laughs> helping to hide the COVID hairdo that's uh, been going crazy in this last few months. I know how you feel. I can't hide it. It's just <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> how are you today? How is your Thursday? It's been crazy. Um, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit today about OIO and the work that we do, but we're just sort of culminating our big annual campaign called the Ocean Impact Pitch Fest. So I've been reviewing hundreds of pitch videos from inspirational innovators and entrepreneurs around the world. So my eyes are square and my mind is blown by the incredible talent out there trying to help the ocean. I mean, don't reveal too much yet because I, I want to dive deep into, into all of it. Um, before we, we go in, you know, that far, talk to us a little bit about Take Three because that's where you started. That's how I first found out about you and and what you were all about and you know looking back almost seven years ago now when I started Soul Cups you were literally one of the first people that I reached out to as a nobody and I was like hello Tim <laughs> have coffee with me let's talk about sustainability um, and you gladly said yes and we met up at Gertrude and Alice I don't know if you remember um, but Talk, talk to us a little bit about how incredible Take Three, you know, the journey that you've been on there, how it started and, and then how you involved into IO because it's, it's amazing what you guys are doing with that. Yeah, look, it sounds like, you know, we're not dissimilar in the, as we're growing up and looking at the world around us, we saw problems and we saw problems that we wanted to fix. I am a surfer. I got to grow up in the Australian bush and I had native wildlife around me. And then as you get older and you learn more about the state of the world, the thing that was glaringly obvious to me was that the way we were treating the planet and we were treating cultures and people, it just wasn't sustainable. It's as simple as that. So I went and did my academic studies. I went and traveled the world. And so by the time I was in my mid to late twenties, it was like, okay, I've seen enough. I know enough. What am I going to do now to make my life about giving back and making a positive impact? And it just so happens that um, I guess being a surfer and having traveled in lots of countries where plastic pollution was a big problem, 
that was the one that stood out for me. And I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Amanda and Roberta, who had actually the idea for Take Three for the Sea. They'd similarly had their aha moment. They wanted to do something about it on the central coast of New South Wales. And I said, hey, I'll help you. And so I started you know, making a little documentary about them. And I ended up becoming a co-founder. And then we launched it in 2010. So I, I started collaborating with them in 2009. Very early on in the days, at this stage, plastic pollution wasn't really a, a largely spoken about big environmental issue. Now it is, right? Everyone knows about it. It's mainstream. Back then, it was still really fringe. And yeah, we just started navigating our little way as a nonprofit organization and eventually ended up with this beautiful organization that's transcended international boundaries and just impacted so many millions of people that I'm just so proud of what we achieved with Take Three for the Sea. It's, it's in, I mean, no words can really explain it. And, and I, you should be proud. And I hope you do get to celebrate all of the little wins that happen along the way because there's just so much. It can be so overwhelming. And, you know, funny you note that when you started 2010, it wasn't a big conversation. I mean, even 2016 when you and I met, it still wasn't a big conversation. It only really happened, you know, a couple of years. I think it was, was it 2018 when War on Waste happened here? Something like that. That's that's. I feel like that was like the pinnacle moment in it for Australia, where people actually like got to visually see it in front of them. But I'm so curious. My first question to you is: At what stage of that early part of the journey for Take Three was that moment where you're like, okay, people are listening to me. Like something's happening. People are actually starting to take this seriously, and there's growth in in this whole, you know, journey. It was pretty immediate, I think, because our message was targeted at the beach-loving, ocean-loving, surfing community. I think people had already got a bit of a sense that it was a problem, but they probably hadn't had the, the latest scientific evidence presented to them in a way. And, you know, I'm naturally gravitated towards compelling visual material. So I would be obviously networking with other organizations and diving deep into what others were doing and then bringing that content and that information. And it just felt like there was no, no barriers, no barricades up against us in those early stages. And I'd argue that that's what's really allowed Take Three for the Sea to be so successful is just getting the messaging right, making it super simple and giving people obviously something to do. And so... Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 you know, obviously there's some highlight moments that were remarkable, like getting to do a TED Talk in 2011. There was getting invited to Washington, D.C., to the big ocean conservation conference at the, the U.S. State Department in 2016 and, you know, featuring in War on Waste and other documentaries. They've all been moments where I've just had to sort of reflect and go, wow, that, that's actually significant. But when you're in it, as you know, you're in the thick of it, you just keep rolling. You just keep doing because you've yeah. got this insatiable thirst. Yeah, and that's what it's kind of been like for the whole journey. Uh, so much. Like, I feel like any any business owner, anyone who's in the middle of, whether it's an organization, not-for-profit or, or a business, like, it, it is like that. You know, when you're on a mission and you're so connected to those values and you're so excited by what you're doing, um, yeah, you forget to 
to sort of celebrate sometimes or realize like how much of an impact you've made and, and you have. So, I mean, I think it's incredible. And, and I feel like it's not stopping for you. Like you're nowhere near done. Like what can we, can we talk a little bit about um, what you're working on now for those who maybe haven't heard of it before, maybe give a little bit of an explanation as well. Yeah, for sure. So as we discussed before, you know, in the last few years, the ocean plastic pollution and the waste crisis has snowballed to become very widely understood and widely known. And I suppose it was in that same time frame when I naturally started thinking about what next for Tim. You know, I'm a, I'm a career environmentalist. Uh, it was always <laughs> written that I would be working in the sustainability field. So I guess I got a sense that it was coming up to maybe this 10-year window of, of being and building Take 3. And I thought, well, I don't want to do it for another 10. There's, there's other bigger uh, opportunities out there. And I was also getting a sense that plastic pollution, that issue, that was a runaway train. That didn't need my energy. There was plenty of others doing that and new voices. So I was really compelled to do something else. I just didn't quite know what. And to be honest, you know, the idea for Ocean Impact Organization is my co-founders, Nick Shirelli. And he's a, a techie startup finance guy. And he sat down with me one day. He wanted to get a seat on the board of Take Three for the Sea. And I said, well, tell me all about you. And so he opened up and said, well, you know, I've done all this work in startups. I've helped build startups. I've listed startups. I've sold startups. I think there's an opportunity for a startup accelerator that helps businesses that are helping the ocean. And I was like, tell me more. And so he kept going <laughs> and, you know, he recounts a story like, now where, like... yeah, he, we walked away from that meeting and he's kind of scratching his head going, is that guy interested in collaborating with me? And, and lo and behold, I was. So yeah, Ocean Impact Organization, I'm looking up Ocean Impact Org is, is the social handle. We're a startup accelerator and this innovation ecosystem for businesses that want to help the ocean. So, you know, we say that we exist to help people start, grow and invest in businesses that want to positively impact the sea. And yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, there's thousands of already great startups like yourselves doing great work. And there's a huge generation behind them who've got this idea of wanting to work in either building or working for businesses driven by positive impact. And that lights my fire. That gets me so excited because we're done with business as usual. Business yeah. as usual got us into this screwed up mess. We need yeah. business as unusual to unpack it and make it better. So I'm all yeah. about that now. I, I love that. I love it. It lights my fire too. I think there's nothing more exciting for me to, than to hear people with ideas, with innovation, with passion, with mission, with values. Like enough of the old way of thinking of you know there's one you know one way and that's it it's like there are so many solutions out there so many new innovative exciting materials and concepts and like let's empower these young entrepreneurs to make shit happen like let's do it and, and it's so it's so exciting um so i've been following along what, what you guys are are working on and creating and you know any way i can sort of get involved i i will i will do my best to and um but to tell me um What's, what's something that's come out of, you know, either Take 3 or, or, or Ocean Impact that has really, like, excited you? Like, what's something new and innovative that maybe you guys are working on or 
you know, what's the solution you're building? Yeah, so I mentioned at the start that, you know, one of the major things that we do in order to not just support the, you know, the, the individual startups who make it through to be a finalist in our campaigns, but, you know, we want to see this global ecosystem of innovators working to help the ocean be supported and be seen. So we run this annual campaign called the Ocean Impact Pitch Fest, and we just finished this year's one. But last year, 2020 was our first one, and we ended up with 12 finalists at the end that were just really diverse and really intriguing. So the winner was a Sydney-based packaging company called Planet Protector Packaging. Their mission is to rid the world of expanded polystyrene packaging, particularly in home delivery food service. You'll maybe if you've ever ordered groceries online, you'll find it comes in these big, nasty, expanded polystyrene boxes that then it's your job to try and dispose of it. They don't fit in the, in the rubbish bin. You can't put them in the recycling bin. So what do you do? And so they've come up with a solution where they identified that you could use waste from the wool industry where about 20% of the wool that's shorn off sheep is not used in wool production and manufacture. They get that, they spin it into a fine felt and they wow. put it inside recyclable cardboard boxes and it works better than polystyrene. And you wow. can put it into your compost, your worm farm, your garden. They give all sorts of secondary uses. The That's second placed, yeah, the second placed um, candidate last year was called Waveswell Energy. And they're making renewable energy from the ocean with a device that operates like a blowhole. If you've ever been to the coastline and marveled at the blowhole when all this energy from an ocean wave gets funneled into a tight cavity and this energy gets released. This amazing innovator said, oh, I'm going to make something that can harness energy using the same principles. So it looks like a boat. It sits in the ocean and all it needs is one to two feet of ocean swell and it displaces air in this oscillating column and it creates renewable energy just constantly. Um, there was people using satellite imagery. Him. <laughs> yeah, I know. This like, is I what we deal I with every single day. <laughs> like... I know. It's crazy. So ocean energy. And then, I mean, one thing we like to say is that, you know, in Planet Protector Packaging's case, they have a factory out in Western Sydney. In Waveswell Energy's case, you know, they've got a, a pilot project down in King Island in Tasmania. But there was other finalists, like people that, their, their thing is, is AI and harvesting information from satellite imagery. And they're now using the satellites spinning around um, the planet to look at what's happening with fishing and ship behavior, to monitor oil spills and to use that information to sell into authorities. They've got this hugely scalable business model, but all they're doing is controlling computers and they could do that from anywhere in the world. So you don't need to be touching salt water to be making a positive ocean impact, which I think is a really important thing to remember. Absolutely. I mean, if we want to talk about that realistically, it comes down to the individual. This is the message that we at Soul keep trying to share with our audience that if you think you're too small to make an impact, you're not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know, I use a funny analogy about a mosquito. Like if you think you're too small to make an impact, try sleeping in the same room with a mosquito. Like it'll do its job. And, you know, it, it comes down to that. Make those choices, make those small changes, make those swaps, you know, be a educator, be some, if you're already doing all the good stuff, inspire someone around you to make those choices too. And, you know, the, those are the, the, the reality, right? The realistic ways that we can impact our oceans. 
without being there. Like, stop using single-use plastics. Let's start with that. <laughs> totally. Um, and be and a I voice, think... you know. We've all got this incredible tool in our hands, in our pockets, in our bags, um, and they can be used to communicate for good. Um, and in this day and age where, you know, the information ecosystem is so fractured and ruptured, we've really got to make sure there's more people out there using it to, to push really positive messages around the state of the world when it comes to people, planet, places, and of course, what can be done to, to rectify it. Yeah, and I can imagine, you know, being in the industry for as long as you have, you would have gone through those waves, those emotional waves of feeling overwhelmed and overcome by how much work there is to be done. Can you talk to us a little bit of sort of how you've managed yourself and your you know, maintaining that inspiration, that level of mission through the years, because I can imagine that would be challenging in itself to, you know, stay on track and, and keep fighting on behalf of everyone, you know? Yeah, I think um, for me, I sort of mentioned it before that there's a sense that I am, in a, I'm a career environmentalist and that decision was made a long, long time ago. So I'm actually quite sympathetic to people that are earlier on in their journey or perhaps they've just encountered an issue that is a really hot topic for them and and they're falling into a community of other people that have got this heated passion for it this fervor and it can feel really really difficult to to not see the woods for the trees and to kind of go why aren't we further progressed on this and get really angry and get really disillusioned so you know i'm a little bit more of that zen macro looking like I understand we're moving at a rate of millimeters not miles when it comes to this stuff even though we need to move at miles you just got to look through the history books and see it's it's rarely the case that things actually move as fast as you think they're going to move so I celebrate the small wins you know I surround myself with people and 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 positivity uh, to keep my cup full I resort and revert to nature and the ocean to remind me of, of what it is I'm fighting for. Um, and I just sort of, you know, give myself the space to, if I need to feel a little bit flat, a little bit contemplative, then I do that. And then I refill my cup and I get back on the horse and I keep going. So that's what works for me, but it might be a different story for other people out there. I think that's, that's the most authentic way, right? Is take it slow, take it day by day. And like we listen to our bodies and our mental health, you know, it's sort of the same concept. And I mean, there's two tiers to it, right? There's the everyday individual, the consumer and how they manage the overwhelm. Like I'd love to hear your perspective on how to tackle this world of trying to be plastic free and trying to be waste free and how you sort of tackle that. And then the other side of the business owners, like, you know, myself and like anyone else on the journey, whether it's startup phase or a little bit later, you know, what are those practical solutions and pieces of advice you can give to sort of keep going and, and you know, stay on track and not give up and, and keep sort of motivated and innovating at the same time. So, because it's two different worlds, right? There's like consumer side and then there's the producer side. Yeah. I think, you know, for the consumer side, you know, I, I had my time of being very fundamental around my relationship with waste and with plastics. I celebrate that that was 
what was meant for me at that particular time. But now, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit less precious about it. Like I'm kind of pragmatic, I suppose. It's got really complicated and difficult, particularly since the, the global pandemic. And it's a matter of just sort of saying, well, how am I contributing to this macro movement to shift the dial to where we want to go versus getting so, you know, stressed out about this micro around yeah. me. But yeah. in saying that, I absolutely celebrate and love and, and hats off to all of you out there who are in that fundamental state because it has a big impact of those around you, the community that you interact with and the yeah. shockwaves and the ripples that you send outwards. So just, you know, play to your strengths. Don't let it become so overwhelming that you actually then burn out and you're not you're no good to anyone just keep that balance and so to me i suppose that then extends this that next part of your question where it, it's it's communicating with others others it's it's the it's the mentors and your competitors or your partners or whatever this little ecosystem you occupy trying to get a good sense of where you know you're heading where the sector or the industry is heading and just trying to find that little gap in the trees, like a, a new plant trying to emerge through the forest canopy after another plant's fallen down. Like, and I don't know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm entrepreneurial, but I'm not like you. I haven't, you know, really tried my hand at building businesses in a, in a competitive environment. So, you know, maybe I can even flip this back on you. Like, how do you do that? How, how have you, coped through the seven year journey of no doubt, huge amounts of, 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 of you know, blood, sweat and tears to, to get to where you are. It's so, it's so true. I mean, before I even answer that, I think the one thing I want to reiterate and, and push is from the consumer side, like if you're an everyday individual and you're, you're confused and shocked and, you know, don't know what to do by the overwhelm, I, I like to say, start with one thing. And I think that ties up nicely what you're actually trying to express, which is just do one thing nicely, mindfully, with love and with intention for good. Choose one thing, whether it's, you know, no cup, no coffee, like reusable cups or, you know, no single-use plastic bags and you always have a tote bag with you. Like pick one thing, connect to it, love it, enjoy the process. And then if you feel inclined, like you can add something else, go for it and sort of build that naturally. I think that's like a nice way to maybe tie up what you were trying to say. Um, mm. And then from the business side, you're totally right. Like, you know, you can imagine after six, seven years of operating a sustainable business, competition, um, you know, so many new companies pop up trying to create and flood the market. And I guess what's kept us going is number one, like authenticity and like deep, rooted connection to our mission and values and not compromising. So like a lot of other brands out there use plastic in their like cups and the lids. There's a lot of like little compromises that other brands are making because they don't want to spend as much money on quality materials, so on and so forth. So for us, it's like, we're committed. We have a mission. We did not stray from that. We stay in our lane. You know, we run our own race. We lead our own sort of path and that's what's kept us going like we did not compromise to try and you know make our prices cheaper and deal with the flooding of, of smaller brands coming in so 
you know, that's, that's one example, I guess. Great. Good on you. It's awesome. <laughs> we do our best every day, Tim. We do our best. <laughs> um, tell me sort of on to, again, to end like on a bit more of a positive note, I guess, what's, what's a, a beautiful story or an experience that you've encountered over the last few years of this journey? Like, I'd love to hear like, you know, a, a moment in time that you just will never forget that you're so proud of. Oh gosh, there's um, there's so many. I think with with take three for the sea, um, I think I, I I I lost sight of just how long we'd been out there doing this grassroots education and inspiration program. So, you know, I would have spoken personally to hundreds of thousands of young people around Australia. That's me travelling around in a beat up van doing my best to get on stages at school assemblies or show movies to the public, anything and everything. And so, you know, you potentially lose a little bit of sight of what that translated and transpired to. And, you know, every now and then I'm fortunate enough to meet someone um, or in one instance, someone applied to a job and it was like, you inspired me when you came to my school in year six. I've now studied marine biology at university and I'd love the chance to work with you. And it's like, oh, doing the maths in my head here. How long have I been doing this? And how does that equate? Oh my gosh, that stacks up. So, you know. That's really it's, beautiful though. That's so special. Really like, like you, I kind of got shivers when you're saying that. Like that to me is the real impact. Like when you impact the generations that are coming, like that is so divine and, and so heartwarming. And I can imagine how special that must feel. Yeah, it is. It certainly makes the, the hard work really pay off. And maybe it's the same when you interact with a customer or a fan and, you know, you see that you've transferred something really special from your work into their life. And then you know that, again, they have their own sphere of influence. And so the cascading, flowing impacts just continue well beyond the uh, what we can immediately see. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, I love it. I, I just, I'm just so excited to see what you know, the, the ocean impact organization does next, because, you know, just hearing two, three stories of the incredible people you're working with and that are pitching, I can only imagine what's going to come out of it. So I am a huge fan. I'm so excited to see what happens. And I'm just so grateful we got to chat even for, for a short while. So Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Keep up the great work and thanks everyone for tuning in. Likewise. And make sure you go follow what Tim is doing because it's pretty damn extraordinary. So I'll leave all the links in the IGTV after this. And thank you again, Tim. Have a beautiful, beautiful afternoon and we'll speak soon. Okay. Ciao.